0: The first thousand days of a child's life is a once in a lifetime window of brain development. This is when the foundations are laid for future learning and growth. And for children to receive what they need in this stage, parents and caregivers need support, encouragement, and information. We believe churches are well positioned to be that community around families. Churches, whether big or small, rich or poor, can play a part in seeing that all children get a strong start to life. This is the Secunya podcast aimed at helping you take those steps in strengthening families. Visit www.sikunia.org.za to find out more. Parenting in the first thousand days is a big responsibility. Consider for a moment the additional challenges facing families with a child who has a disability churches have an important role in caring for, strengthening, and walking with these families. Listen to this lunchtime conversation hosted by Sukunya exploring how we can be that safe, encouraging support to families with children with disabilities.
1: Okay, so let's open today with some scripture. Uh, we are going to be reading from John 9, 2 to 7. And it's a bit of a long one, but uh, let's see what the word says uh rabbi his disciples asked him why was this man born blind was it because of his own sins or his parents sins and it was not because of his sins or his parents sins jesus answered this happened so the power of god could be seen in him we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us but while i am here in the world i am the light of the world Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siolam. So the man went and washed and came back seeing." And I think this uh, scripture, it's quite a challenging topic because we often hear uh, comments of why does God create disabilities? Um, Or why do things like that happen in the world? And I I think what we see in the scripture is that God uses children and adults with disabilities for his glory. Um, And God allows um, some people to live with disabilities. Uh, So his awesome love for all of of us, for all of creation um, can be seen. And it helps us also to then imitate his love. Um, And I believe that uh, God uses uh, people with disabilities to teach us things and to accomplish God's purpose uh, in our lives. Um, And often you see that there are people who are blind who actually see better than people with eyesight. There are people who are deaf who actually hear better than people who have good hearing. And so we can learn a lot um, from people with uh, disabilities. And it's not a weakness. And it's not because their parent has done something wrong um and what we need to remember is that god remains perfect and good and loving and kind and just and um he's the one who chooses for his purpose and we see that also in uh, other scripture where in exodus four eleven um it says then the lord said to him who has made man's mouth who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind uh it is is it not i the lord so Despite uh, disabilities being something we're seeing in our communities and in our children and in our adults, we're given a very clear instruction by God um, about how we're meant to treat people, um, especially those um, with disabilities in Leviticus 19, 14, where it says, you shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. And i think that uh, is something for us to prepare our hearts with today as we we talk about this this topic and how we as the local church can support um, families with disabilities so let us open and pray father we come before you today with everyone on this call today and we just thank you for this opportunity to talk about a topic um, lord that we know can bring a lot of shame a lot of guilt a lot of confusion into families and into communities Lord, we give you this time and just ask that your word will speak to us. We ask that um, you know, you'll give us new insights into how we as the local church, your people, your hands and feet um, can actually support and love and care for families uh, who are really needing that extra support. So Father, I pray for uh, good It's fruitful, um, interesting conversation today, and I just thank you that everyone's able to join. And I, yeah, I thank you for our guest speakers, and we just give this time to you, in Jesus's name, Amen. Okay, so I'm going to hand over to Ruth, who's taking us through today's topic.
2: Wonderful. Welcome, everybody. Um, So good to have you with us as we speak about this important topic of caring for families with children. In the first thousand days, where we see disability or developmental delays or developing differently, um, this is an important topic for us to consider and to think about. And so, when we think about healthy childhood development, it depends largely on a number of factors, and this including good nutrition and emotional well being. And during pregnancy, it is important for a mother to eat nutritious food. As a healthy diet for mom in pregnancy is known to be of a huge benefit to the developing fetus and baby and good nutrition can even have positive impact on the emotional development of the baby and we see many factors impacting the development of the child and when we look at the development of the child we look at multiple different um, angles, we see physical growth, so height, weight, uh, how the body grows, we see emotional development, how does the child feel and their emotions, cognitive development in the, the way that the child thinks or plays, problem-solves, memory. We see language development around how the child listens to language or how he or she expresses or speaks. Uh, we see motor development, which includes gross motor and moving skills, fine motor and finger movement. We see sensory development on how the child is aware of his or her environment, including seeing, hearing, smell, taste, touch, as well as balance. And we see functional development, which refers to the child's independence in everyday activities, dressing, washing, eating, what they can do on their own. Um, And so we see that development of a child encompasses a lot of different things. um, And these markers of developmental milestones of for the achievements of these skills such as walking and talking and it's important that these markers in child development are used as a guide um, and i use that word carefully it's a guide for health workers to monitor babies' development they have been worked out according to what 50 percent of babies achieve or when 50 percent of babies achieve the skill so for example sitting the average baby will sit at six months as a majority of babies will sit alone or upright at about six months. However, this average, this is an average, and then there is what they call a normal range, in which between five to seven months, each child would develop differently and achieve the skill differently. And so, some people, some children might sit later, and some might sit earlier. Some might be within what we call this normal range, and we use this guide to help us monitor children's development and see if there's any things that we need to be concerned about and where we can intervene early. And the earlier we can intervene on some of these things, the the better the outcome for the child. Um, And so often parents are influenced in their thinking and feeling about their child's development by other people's opinions. And the best gift you can give a parent is to give their child unconditional love, acceptance and understanding and encourage the child for their unique personalities and abilities and that each child developed according to their time to own timetable and to tell us a little bit more about this and to chat more about this we invited uh, Jackie Cooper and we recorded this uh, interview or conversation Her and I chatted last week and we've recorded this for today I'm grateful Jackie is with us today um, her plans to change but we're going to use the recording and thinking about load shedding, I'm glad we do have it recorded so I'm going to play the conversation. And we're going to have continue the conversation after watching this video um, between Jackie and myself. So I want to say a big warm welcome to Jackie Cooper, who's joining us today for our lunchtime conversation. Um, It's so great to have you Jackie with us. Um, I'm excited about hearing from you and I'd love you just to introduce yourself. Um, Who are you? Um, What do you do? What is your passion in this space? Welcome to introduce yourself.
3: Okay, thank you, Ruth, and I'm also excited to be here. Um, I'm a, by training, I'm an occupational therapist. I say by training because I'm also a mother and a wife and a friend and a sister. Uh, and my experience has been varied. Actually, I'm very lucky to have such a broad experience. Probably, um, I've worked in Paraguay for a year at a home for abandoned disabled children which was part of a a mission program and then the a lot of my time learning about uh, disability and children was in a rural area in kwazulu natal at a hospital called Manguzi hospital near cozy bay so there i really learned about the isolation of disability of children who are disabled. And then I jumped into private practice and early intervention and working with a different socioeconomic group, which is also different. I mean, I learned a lot through that as well. And then I guess this phase is coming to Cape Town. And yeah, I guess it's an integration phase mm-hmm. for me.
2: yeah And you've also, in the interim, written a book. Do you want to just ta- briefly tell us about your book?
3: yeah i wrote a book called uh, the precious years and that's what came out of really lots of stories from working with parents and hearing the real struggle for understanding uh, how development works how you can support children so it was really my response to that and it was like a dialogue i see it as a dialogue between myself and the parents that I work with. So that's still available, yeah. And I love to blog as well.
2: (laughs) And in your book, you've included um, uh, developing differently and included disability in the conversation in your book um, around development milestones. So perhaps you can kick us off and tell us what what do we understand by disability in the first 1,000 days, give us a little bit of understanding around what that means um when we talk about disability in the first thousand days
3: so in my book i call it the precious years and half of the book is around average development and i i use that word very specifically it's not normal development for me because if you develop differently then it becomes abnormal or atypical so I was very mindful that it's average development where the majority of children are and then it's different development where the few children sit because they they develop differently Mm -hmm. and it's yeah disability is a a big topic Mm -hmm. and so let me explain a little bit so If you have the various um, what we would call impairments, so maybe a child is born and is not able to see or a child is not able to hear. So that would be called a visual impairment or a hearing impairment, but not referred to as a visual disability. Mm. So the disability really comes in when The child who can't see doesn't get glasses, doesn't get surgery for the cataracts, or the hearing-impaired child doesn't get a hearing aid. So the, the support that the child gets is not there, and then that leads to sequelae, which means that those children can't learn, play, connect with others. So they, that's where the disability is. It's the how a child who needs support is excluded. So the disability is almost seen as a social exclusion, a social disability. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So we, I'm, I'm saying it's uh, the, there's an impairment in terms of physical um, in the body, mm-hmm. but that is translated into how we see, perceive a child and then accept that child into our family. Mm-hmm. So the disability is really around attitude, stigma, exclusion, mm-hmm. not getting the support they need, not getting the wheelchair that you need or the walking sticks or the hearing aids. You know,
2: so yeah. And and this disability or impairments um and even um developing differently, that can take all shapes and forms in the first thousand days and start right from birth or um before birth, baby might be born with an impairment um for various reasons. I don't know if you're yeah. able to explain that briefly. Um,
3: yeah, it can take various forms. I mean so uh you can have ears eyes body you know whatever it's, mm-hmm. It can be anywhere mm-hmm. and the critical thing about first thousand days is that it's intervened early so mm-hmm. for e- instance the hearing impairment if that's picked up mm-hmm. in the first year and the baby gets a hearing aid they can de- that baby can develop normal mm-hmm. speech or you know average speech I should say um and and interact and develop social engagement so so the intervention in the first thousand days is really
2: critical and that and if not then that would lead to disability later on in life because yeah. so, they haven't yeah. been able to have that early intervention the earlier the better. Yeah, yeah. so my next question for you is why is it important for us to look at this and why is it important for us to think about the families with children with disability or impairment um how do the support required in this time frame and it was that first window of the first thousand days these precious years um
3: the the impairments in children brings up a lot of fear and issues in in parents and in families so it's the fear for the child's future but it's also the fear that the child doesn't fit in it's also the fear around who we are as parents Mm -hmm. are we good or bad parents related to how our child performs Mm -hmm. interacts so i mean the the support that's needed for the parents and that translates into the children is critical because with the support of the parents the attitudes and the engagement and the intervention with the child is opened up so a a parent who who hears that the child can't hear and is put into a fear, a fright mode and, you know, blaming self is is just so afraid to do something. You know, it's, it's really hard to pick up the phone and say, I need help where can I find it because you are so terrified mm-hmm. and yeah and that added to that is the judgment of other people
2: how are you doing
3: which then I mean it's just spiraling down
2: yeah. and and so look I guess my next question for us as individuals who are part of churches we wanting to see churches that are supporting families in the first thousand days our faith interacts with us our church interacts with families. What does this look like in the church space? What is for your, I know this is a, something you're passionate about, um, that the church has a part to play here. What are some of your thoughts and thinking in this area?
3: Yeah, I, I, I strongly believe church has a, a role because we are the hands and the feet and the eyes and the ears of god of the church Mm -hmm. so yeah when i think about that question i go so how did jesus relate to uh, people who were disabled or had a disability or -hmm. impairment Mm -hmm. and when i look and i see the tenderness of jesus towards the person who's blind and takes mud and rubs it in and Mm -hmm. you know it's so gentle and tender Mm -hmm. you know and then and then the gentleness which which jesus asks so what do you want you know you know what do you want me to do Mm -hmm. um and then then the response i want to walk you know and then it's you know very tender taking the hand. And um, yeah, I think those interactions is, is connection mm-hmm. for me. It, the Jesus really connecting with the with people that he met. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, I mean, this, it's for me, disability is an interesting discussion because I think a lot of us are blind, we don't see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are deaf. Because we don't see, um, or we don't hear what what people are saying. We just hear what we want to hear. Mm. You know, a lot of us are lame. We don't get up and walk and offer mm. help. You know, a lot of us have hands that aren't giving. <laughs> you know um, so I think there's a sort of a metaphor here or parallel in terms of in terms of people having disabilities and engaging with others and our big challenge I think is to cope and accept difference
1: Mm
3: -hmm. you know for for me to accept that another person is different means that i need to accept that i'm different you know and it's that that i think disability the topic of disability raises like am i loved because i'm different yes you are so in my book it's I'm wanting, the underlying message is all children are precious. It doesn't matter if you're different, if you're average, but you're all precious. Mm. And so we become, we become that story when we, when we get it, when we know that we're precious, even if we have a, a hearing impairment, or even if I can't walk i'm still precious and it's that support and that care and that opens up the possibilities and that's i guess that's what i've seen and that's that's part of my hope for the church is that we can open our eyes and can open our ears that enables other people to live their lives beautifully
2: and so there's a sense of us taking a posture of learning from and learning, reflecting on our own, as we look at Jesus's actions and how he treated people and included and moved towards them in compassion and care, but also reflecting on my own disability or impairments, be them um, spiritually and physically as I see the world around me. Um, and that each child is precious. All children are precious. They're all been created in God's image. And we might, in the world I see them as broken but God sees them as whole and how do we treat them as that whole person um and I know when we were talking on the phone is that need we have a knee jerk as a Christian to pray for healing speaking mm-hmm. just touch on that briefly I know we're running out of time but I'd <laughs> love you to touch on that very briefly.
3: Yeah I have a well, let's call a friend who who takes her her young child to the park and the child can't walk and he's in a, a pram and being pushed as she before and, and she's there at the park for a minute or two and rush people rush and go can you pray for your child and then she is not sure what you say, and the prayer is about we want to fix this child mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so i i get that we have a human need that we want to fix we want to fix things and make things right and yet yes it's a broken child mm. it broken in terms of our views mm. and i i think that is also the gift of recognizing that we also broken mm. yeah she she just embodies that brokenness for us. Mm. And it's okay. And I think God is saying, It's okay to be broken. I'm with you. Mm. And so they, they, I think that is the integration and bringing it together. So if we as church people could say, It's okay to be broken. We are with you and we are together. And it's that sort of mutual support and inclusion and togetherness that helps us to get over that. And then we become whole.
2: That's so beautiful. So much to think on there, Jackie. Um, (laughs) Some, I don't know if you could share some stories of hope where you've seen families getting support and help. um, Practically, what would this look like practically if I'm wanting to reach out to a family? Um, From your experience, what does this look like when it's working well? Um, some stories that from your experience.
3: When families get support, the, the children, the child can exceed expectations. And I, I can think of a, a child particularly in mind, and I'm sorry the mother can't tell her own story, but maybe one day she can tell her own story mm. that when the child was born, the, the doctor said um, to the father, uh, blaming the father for the birth, and then said, it's your fault that this child is going to be severely disabled.
4: Mm.
3: And I think it's that attitude that just has been the worst part of the journey with disability, was it's that blame, that attitude, mm. Um yeah, and they've had to deal with that. But with support, so the family came together in around that mother and father with her child. Mm. And the the family brought held the mother and father and said, We don't care what people say. This mm. is our child, mm. and we are with you in this. And I think it's that support that that sort of helps the parents to ease, to breathe, to to feel, to move. And this child has exceeded even my expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just phenomenal. The way she communicates—not with words, mm-hmm. but in her eyes, through her sounds—it's. I just find it incredible how she engages with people. She draws them in mm. and people take comfort in her. You know, I think I can think of um, people who who love just to sit with her and hold her mm. because it's that sort of interaction and that bond. And she, she in a way, communicates hope without any lack words if that makes any sense you know there's she sort of comes alive and the one day i asked the mother like what gives her the energy and she's and the mom says she comes alive when people see her you know not just as, mm-hmm. so, as a child with a disability who can't walk and can't see well but when they engage with her properly she comes alive and and she you know makes noises that are vibrant and I think it's that energy that people also receive Mm -hmm. so it's really uh, that relationship with the child just opens up possibilities.
2: Mm -hmm. That's such a beautiful story of a crushing moment when it's all your fault and actually seeing this child and this family doing so well um, despite the odds being stacked against them, with that support oh. around them being carried, being journeyed with the, I love that idea of that, this is our child, we are with oh. you in that, that sense of community, we're connecting with you you don't have to do this alone and if we could oh. do that for more families, how beautiful that would be, that so many more families could be thriving and what is a really difficult journey and can often be a very lonely journey um, oh. and saying, how can we not make this such an isolated, lonely journey, but let's work with and journey with so i appreciate your time jackie i don't know if you got any last thoughts before we wrap up but thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your heart in the space any last thoughts you want to leave with us before we log off
3: uh no i'm just very grateful that you open up discussions like this because i think they're necessary and we must keep talking really because i think the talking helps us
2: to drop off here yeah, and then see love
3: <laughs> wonderful thank you so
2: much jackie Appreciate thank it. okay thank you yeah i so appreciated jackie's wisdom and i know Jackie's with us today so if you have any questions coming out of that conversation or any comments you're welcome to put it in the chat box um but there's so much for us to to think about in this conversation and it's really important to to remember that a child's development doesn't not reflect the parenting skills or that the parent has made a mistake or can be blamed um, but the development of the child at each stage adds on and if one is missed we see gaps and delays but it's not we can see the child as precious and as whole and as loved by god um, and so when we see a child with develop that's developing differently or not following its milestones We know that this puts the family under strain it puts relationships under strain and this can be a very stressful time for families that need that extra support that extra love where we use that word of this is our child how do we come around this child and so I'm going to pass over to Bryony now who is going to take us further chatting to uh, Pastor Likilele thank you Bryony Thanks, Ruth. Um, so, we're going to chat to Pastor Likileli. She
1: um, has experience with her church in supporting a families. She's from the Church of Nazarene um, in Valcom. So, Pastor Likileli, do you want to unmute yourself? I have a few questions to ask you. Um, and so, what uh, I think the first question is to ask is, Having heard that conversation with with Jackie, um, what do you see happening in your church and in your community, sorry, with regards to children with disabilities, you know, what are the beliefs in your community around it, Um, how are children treated, and how are families who have children with disabilities treated in your community?
4: Um, In my community, it is very difficult really to have children with disability because it's look, they treat it as if the family is being cursed. They believe the family is being cursed um, and then they will start praying. I remember when Solufelo was born, the mother was frustrated. She was crying the whole time. And then other people were phoning. They even went to fast. They fasted for her and then they pray. They wanted the, the, the condition of the child to change, but it, it couldn't change. It was there, the, the, the disability was there. So they they feel as if the family is being cursed, if you have... Um, Uh, the child with disability or there is something that you did the wrong, you did something wrong for you to have that child. And then other people, they will try to will other, they will isolate you. Uh, I remember there are some people in our community with the bipolar and other children will run after this one and called him by names and then this one will also insult them. They will laugh and there will, they will be that noise. Uh, I think uh, um, my, in my community, there's still a, a lack of, of, of information around the disability. People still need to be taught how, ca- how can uh, they treat people with the disability or the family where they experience that situation. Is a lot of stress really for the family to experience that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and so, then, what um,
1: what are you seeing families do when they have children with disabilities? Are there services in your community that they're accessing? Um, what What is happening for those children?
4: Uh, like I said, Sulufa lost mother. She was crying a lot. She was she couldn't accept. It. At first time, she was crying she was asking herself, why, why me? And then uh, th- th- some other family members, uh, they will start saying that maybe uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a husband, like Jackie said, uh, the husband will left and leave the woman with the with the children with the disability. And then uh, you will see that the woman or other people around the community or, or the family members, they will point to the fingers where to somebody, it's like maybe you, you you did have a choice for you not to get the this thing. Now you accepted it, it and then you will see the, a lot of frustration really to the, to the women, especially the women because they'll be the one that was left with these children. There'll be a one that is in, t- in touch to, to the children. So you will see them with the frustrations uh, where other family members were, 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 were taking step backward. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm. So it definitely sounds like there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt also, but it also results in uh, families being broken and that you say fathers leave the moms are left with a lot of financial strain, but also the responsibility of looking after the children. So in that instance, are there clinics in your area that they take their children to, or are they private? Do you have to pay for them? Do you get free services? Or where do families go to when they have a child uh, with any form of disability? You've mentioned a family that you're journeying with who has a daughter who's got
4: Down syndrome. Um, What
1: happens in that instance?
4: You know what? May, I really don't know because what is happening here?
1: Sorry, my question to Lee clearly at this point was that one about: um, Are they accessing services and what's available in the community for children with disabilities?
4: Uh, while I was I was observing this thing, there are some children who are getting some 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 issues that they can treat properly at the at the clinic, but. Um, one day I took the one on, on the side, on, on my side, one that I'm, I'm supporting to Lufay, I took her to the clinic. Uh, at the clinic, they just do their routine, their routine checkups, uh, 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 the card, whether the baby can see it or can do it, blah, 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 but not going deeper or advising them, uh, about the physio, about whatever the child was supposed to go, they were, they were not accepted. The parent was the one who was able to pay for somebody at the medical clinic to attend to, to the child, and somebody that is also another church in Bluefondane. They, they, they are supporting the, the children with disability. So the parents will take the, their child there to Bluefondane. If you don't have those resources, I don't know what is happening, but uh, uh, others will say at the Bongani, there was some, they, they, they were attending physiotherapy at bongani but' it's, it is not so much it is not so much some, some people are still wondering uh, mm. with their, their their children with disability even issue of the school because I, I with this one solo fellow I was able to go with them to to bluefontein to Dr Dorofi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we were there, Dr. Dorothy was was advising them uh, about uh, everything, about everything. How do they help their, their their child to to be able to walk, uh, even to train them uh, to hold, to, to train them to pack things, uh, whatever. So many things. Even she she was also advising them about the schools mm-hmm. where the, the, their child can can be placed at a certain school. So here. Here around Velcom, there is somebody at Med Clinic. Uh, you have to pay for for your child to be there. Uh, there are some session where thirty minutes session where you will be paying so that you can you can go there. So I'm asking. I was asking myself for for to those people who are not uh, working. Maybe the child is that they are receiving uh, the the support. The child grant about them what, what is happening because now they will be depending on the grant because mm-hmm. around welcome around here in machabe there is a problem of unemployment we've mm-hmm. got a rate a high rate of unemployment if they are not working i think it's very difficult because they are not able to pay for mm-hmm. for themselves so that they can they can get those those uh, uh, sessions
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I even tried to speak uh, with Dr. Dorofi uh, in Day, but uh, the issue is is the fund the mm-hmm. funding for for her to be able to come on this side uh, maybe once uh, for, so that she can offer her service because her service is free in Day, the service is free mm-hmm. and then here yeah, people are, have to pay for, for 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 those services
1: okay
4: and that side is the doctor this yeah. side is not a doctor is a I don't know, it's not a doctor, but she told me that I'm not a doctor. On that side is a doctor who knows and she she can go deeper, and she can go deeper, but around here, it's not not a doctor. So it's sounding
1: like, um, so the children need the support and the healthcare services, which sometimes are lacking in communities. Um, And so you have to go far to get them, which costs money. And sometimes it's, you you have to pay for that. It's not something that's freely available. But then it's also things that the parents need, so they're needing that, um, like information or education to know how to raise their child, um, and they're also oh. needing the support. So it sounds like your church is working in your community to either get. A service from outside your community to come into your community, like the doctor you're mentioning, oh. um, but also oh. maybe you want to tell us a, a bit about how you are supporting a family in your community with a child that um, has developmental uh, disability, um, and what what you see what you see churches can do so to support these families.
4: Uh, you know me, I was I was looking around. Uh, Uh, about these issues of of people with disability, and also trying to teach the church uh, for them to be more involved in this issue of compassionate ministry, where the church will be more involved in the children with disability. Um, And then prioritizing some days where you'll find out, uh, I was generalizing saying that there will be a breast cancer day. So the church need to be involved on those things, making the other community uh, aware, raising awareness of, on, the, on the cancer issues. Mm-hmm. So we did have a, because we do have this child with Down syndrome at our church. Um, last weekend, we were celebrating the, the, the month of, of Down syndrome, mm-hmm. where we invited, we went to, we went to, the, we went to the radio local radio station and make announcement that, that we will be celebrating the the down syndrome for those people out there who have children with the down syndrome attend will be part of the of of our service that day that last week sunday mm-hmm. they were part so we were celebrating. After that, we cooked for them, and then we dish out. And then uh, uh, somebody was standing in front. Uh, uh, the, our champion was standing in front, and then she was she was telling them about the 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 Down syndrome, how do they, the 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 behavior of the child with the Down syndrome, whatever. Uh, so and then in the later, uh, I I, ta- I I I taught the church about the the the, the all the Compassionate Ministry, where we'll be uh, engaging ourselves with whoever with disability.
1: Mm. Okay. And so, and did you find other members of the community who had children with Down syndrome
4: came to your service? Yes, there were two people, but not so much. There were two. I think because it's it's the first time we are doing, it was the first time we are doing it, then... In the later, maybe next year there will be, or uh, some other times because there will be mm-hmm. on, on the first of December. It is a it's a age aware is a AIDS awareness mm-hmm. HIV and AIDS awareness day. So we will also be being uh being part of of this thing uh mm-hmm. trying to make awareness to the community mm-hmm. uh we will also i think we'll also have the flyers because with this this one uh we did request the, the flyers from Dr. Derofi and the mm-hmm. posters so we were using the posters and then we we'll, also send the flyers to the community, uh, making them aware of this, this, this Down syndrome. So we it, it's our target. We will do that to everything that we, we come across. Every uh, uh, thing that we come across, we'll do yeah. that. We'll ask the flyers and then we'll be able to send the message out there to the community.
1: Right. It sounds like, so when you look at a first thousand day friendly church, when you have friendly church, um, you're definitely speaking up about the different topics. So just call it compassionate ministry. So you're speaking up about uh-huh. um, down syndrome and disabilities. I know you also pray for this. Um, so you mentioned oh. there's a WhatsApp group that you pray, um, but that you're also journeying with the mums and dads and praying for them. And when you, when you journeying, when you took the mum to Bloemfontein, or you've taken it to the clinics. That's also surrounding the families, um, being able to oh. support and um, be able to provide whatever you're able as a church to provide uh, for the family oh. to support them. As you mentioned, there's many mums who also um, who are left alone and don't have the finances. Um, but it also sounds like through your service on Sunday you created a warm space to welcome those families who have children with disabilities and it's something that you're going to continue doing Um, and by uh, collaborating with uh, the doctor in Bloemfontein and with other specialists in your area you're going to be able to yeah. yeah so also equipping and preparing so you know with with the whole first thousand day friendly church it, it's definitely mm. with children with disabilities uh, your church is showing that in all the areas so well done for doing that and i, I commend you for- okay i'm going to stop it there um as i know we've probably got many questions coming in but i just wanted to show as an example of what a church is doing around supporting a family where in their community there's a lot of shame a lot of um Families being broken up uh, because of the thoughts and the beliefs around it. Um, but how a church has come around a family and uh, supported through attending, going with to the clinic, going with to um, the hospital, um, but then also just praying. She mentioned the WhatsApp group for praying um, and actually talking about it and speaking up about it in their church service. We've also heard from another uh, church in Cape Town called the Bay City Church, um, where they have said that, that through providing a safe and nurturing space for parents, it's a way that they process their journey um, and work through the impact that having a child with a disability um, has on them and stuff that they've never spoken about before. So it's a a group that's facilitated and it's like peer support and they're able to talk. Um, But they've also created what they call a pampering morning where they set up almost like a salon where they have bowls of water and people from the church come and give hand massages and foot massages to the mums who are usually caring for their child with a disability and don't have time Uh, to go pamper themselves or look after themselves it's a great way to for the church to serve those mums so let's um open up the floor now to any questions and it's looking at how do we um as a first thousand day friendly uh church how we can speak up how we can pray how we can surround families um and support them and create well warm welcoming spaces um ruth do you have you seen any questions in the chat box that we can address um I see. There's a lot of comments about understanding that it's, yeah, it's not about being cursed, um, and yeah, there's there's children that are um, hidden, um, but it's about identifying the families and journeying with them, um, and see, that they're s-
2: See, Ernest oh? has a question, um, and I'd actually, Jackie, I'm wondering if you can answer Ernest's question. Ernest has a question about a case with a young mother who's discovered her son lack of speech as a result of his impaired hearing my question is how can the church support them I don't know jackie if you're wanting to um give your thoughts there
3: sure sorry we are load shedding at the yeah. moment <laughs> so let me put my video on yeah I, I think the first thing is always to accept the mother and to to communicate that the mother's not a bad mother because her child is not hearing. I know mothers feel very responsible for their children when something is difficult and then to help the mother find support. I mean there's good evidence that when children get hearing aids or whatever they need their language can develop and catch up so it's about facilitating what the child needs what the mother needs and yeah just being a part of that journey I think entering into that relationship Mm -hmm. taking time supporting the mother and certainly protecting the mother from attitudes in the church that she's a bad mother because of the child having a hearing impairment that is such lies I mean that just dumps so much pain and hurts onto the mother so protecting the mother from and family from that and hopefully the church also has a role in including the father I mean the father has a huge role with language development so yeah encouraging the
2: father that the father needs to be involved in that Wonderful, and Jackie, just one more question added onto that, in trying to find practical intervention and support, the first place to port a call to go to, would that be to the local doctor, health pre- practitioner clinic, where would they go? Yeah,
3: I think the clinic, hospital, uh, doctor, hospital, and come with ideas, like we need this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, say, learn to find your voice about what you need For the child. I know many mothers go to the clinics and can go several times, and the nurses and doctors don't hear the need of the child. But actually, I would encourage the church to support mothers to find their strong voice and say, This is what I need for my child, so my child can develop well.
2: Wonderful,
1: thanks. Don't Thank give out, Jackie. There's a question that's come up about first-time mothers. One child is very reserved, or the other is super active. Um, as for disabled, uh, they're saying that the closest case is autism, but light autism. Um, so, is there like where you get some that are reserved, some that are super active? Is there a concern there, or is children develop <laughs> differently? Just so you can reinforce <laughs> that. Yeah, I think
3: children develop differently. And, you know, we also have different personalities. Some personalities might be more reserved, some more outgoing. We know that with our children. And I, I think mothers can be encouraged to follow their guts. Like, really, if you have a concern, check it out. There, there's nothing to lose. It's much better to know the truth if it is autism, which is a scary thing to go through, but better to deal with it and, Mm -hmm. you know, start supporting the child in that. Mm -hmm. Um, The fear is not knowing. I think Mm -hmm. that's the biggest, bigger fear. Mm -hmm. So follow your guts, encourage you to, like, if you're really worried, take that worry to the clinic and ask the question and ask the question until you Hear the answer that satisfies you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I like what you said earlier in the interview we had with you is where you say that um a child with a disability um is when a child is excluded or not receiving the support that they need. So the physical impairment, as you mentioned, is not so much the issue, but it's more the you call it social disability. So where we as community exclude or do not see or do not accept and do not support. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that becomes the disability. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where as the local church we could really play a part in accepting in loving and seeing the children and encouraging but also um journeying with or taking the mom to the clinic or to the hospital and actually helping the child receive that support Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what i hope for today, that we can take away from that is how, as a first thousand day friendly church, we can speak about this in our communities. We can speak about it in our in our sermons about how we love like God taught us to love, and how we don't, um, yeah, we don't shame or uh, blame or. Uh, mm-hmm pile on the guilt. Um, We can also pray, we can pray for families that we know in our communities. We can have WhatsApp groups uh, surrounding families. We've been given really good examples around how to surround families and journey with them, creating those warm, welcoming spaces where on a Sunday you can welcome in the families with disabilities and equip and prepare and collaborate. So with NGOs that are around um, your community or services around your community or invite experts in to talk to mums and dads, um, and with that we want to tell you about one particular NGOs called raising hope South Africa, um, and they work with churches and as far as we know they are national. Um, and so this is a um, an NGO that we would recommend looking more into I think Ruth would. Um, can you put that into the chat box. Um, and then we will, yeah, we also have uh, resources on our website that uh, can help with praying for babies or um, contacts for mom and dad or healthy habits during pregnancy. Um, so please do go have a look at our data-free website.
2: I think Ruth, do you have anything else you wanna add? No, I see our time's come to an end, but I'm, I, what I've picked up now, just from what Jackie's saying and what's coming through in the chat box from, uh, is this idea of helping mom get a voice. Um, and actually helping her take that first step to get help where there is a concern, where she is worried, following her gut, and that we support her to do that and help her to actually get the answer she needs and to keep pursuing until she gets the help and support she needs to feel at peace. Um, So I think that is an important part that we can play is journeying with families to get the support and help they need at the clinic and at the hospitals. Um, So I wanna say thank you for that. Um, I'm going to wrap it up in prayer. I want to say thank you for all our guests. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Likilele. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And um, I I encourage you to move towards the families in your community and to surround them with compassion and care and to see them as precious um, as we've heard today. Let me pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you that we can learn from you how you move towards people, that you move towards people with compassion and care, that you see them as whole people and that you love them and you love them just as they are. And I pray that you'd help us as individuals, as community members, church members, to to show that same compassion and care and love towards those in our community, that we would be able to break myths and to speak up for those families that are isolated and alone and struggling in fear and overwhelmed by, um, impairments and disabilities they may be facing. I pray that we would be able to surround them and journey with them and that they would be able to exceed all expectations um, and maybe be able to thrive um, in the spaces at the end and find flourishing in the spaces at the end. So I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to do that well, that you'd continue to prompt us and to show us how to do that and that we would also reflect on our own brokenness and our own Um, disabilities and impairments um, that we would be learning from um, and take a learning posture as we journey with families. So I pray that you would go with each of us um, and that you would strengthen us and show us how we can love and how we can care for those around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a real pleasure. I've learned a lot from this conversation and I trust that you have too. And so We look forward to seeing you in two weeks' time for our next conversation. In the meantime, take care. um, And, yeah, thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening in today to the Sukunia podcast. We trust it has given you ideas of what you can be doing to support families in the first thousand days. Have a look at the links in the podcast description to access resources mentioned in this recording. And remember to go to secunya.org.za to find out more and take further steps in strengthening families so that all children can get a strong start to life.